All right. All right. We're back, back here today with the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line. Freshly recovered from a little cold spell that I had. And I have uh, Action Jackson with me, who unfortunately is, is now under the weather. We, we just can't get on the same page, can we, Action? Well, we just can't get healthy on the same page, but I'm, I'm glad to be back once again and uh, look forward to the day. you're toughing it out for us today because uh this is always one of our most anticipated podcasts of the college football season uh, our second annual 12 bowls of christmas will be announced during this podcast and i know everybody always gets excited about that um and we got some good ones this year for sure but uh but let's start off with uh with talking about those uh those razorback basketball hogs who Man, we were riding high last podcast, and you know our hearts were just swelling with pride after that that win over the Duke Blue Devils. We thought it was going to be clear sailing from here on out, but uh, we got a we got a rude awakening in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, this past weekend. Uh, yes, we did. Just uh, a, a poor shooting performance. Uh, tried to put it together a little too late. End up losing by nine. Uh, I know. Ron Brazil played hurt, but he wasn't at his best. Uh, once again, not the best out of Devontae Davis. And uh, if, if we don't shoot the ball well, uh, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's a sign of things to come that, you know, we, we have to we have to shoot the ball well uh, to compete with these teams that are ranked. And uh, we, it just didn't happen for us uh, last weekend. And uh, we just, we just got to move forward. Uh, it was a uh, not a, it was not a horrible loss, but it, it wasn't. There's no such thing to me, even this early in the basketball season, that's a good loss. It was. It was not. It, unless we're going to learn from it, there was there was nothing good that came out of last Saturday. So we just have to move on. We move on to Little Rock, where we don't play well, and we got Lipscomb this weekend, and hopefully we can uh, put some things back together and get back in the win column. Oh yeah, we we definitely need to take care of business against Lipscomb, um, and like you said, yeah, it was it was a lackluster performance, and it really calls in the question. And you know, the Razorbacks' performance away from home this year—I I mean, particularly on neutral court—I don't know if we've really played any true road games yet. I don't think we have. Um, but but so far uh, on a neutral court, we have done poorly overall. Especially when you compare what we did against Duke at home, which was a flat out dominant performance. It was dominant without our best player. Of course, we're still without Trayvon Mark. We don't know when he's going to be back. I'm assuming they're going to allow him to rest up through the through the Christmas season, through the holidays, and bring him back sometime in January, which given, you know, the, the situation he experienced in uh, Bahamas seems perfectly reasonable to me to do that. Right. So I don't have any qualms with that at all. But we've already seen what we can do without him against Duke. You take that and you look at the games against North Carolina, Memphis, and now Oklahoma, and we're just two different teams in Bud Walton and, and on a neutral court. Totally. I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. We're just we're not the same uh, away from that home court advantage that we enjoy. 
that's a problem. That's something that we got to fix because the you know SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament are both going to be on neutral courts. Yep. So you know, though, if we if we hope to make a run like we've done the past three years, extend that to a fourth year, that's a um, that's a place where we have to improve. And unfortunately, we're looking at a situation where we're going to have to start improving on the road. Rather, because I don't know when our next neutral court game is or if we even have another one this year. I don't, I don't think we do, I'm not looking sure. on here. You know, obviously, in the, in the SEC, we have, we have a lot of tough road games. I mean, and if we can't win on these neutral courts, I mean, I don't have much confidence in us winning a true road game right now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't either. I don't either, really. Um, but good news is... We do not have a, a road game until January 10th. That's our first road game is at Athens, Georgia. So, and the even better news is we have more, at least five days in between games from now until, well, before at, at, at the Georgia, we have four games. We start our conference play January 6th against Auburn. And then we have uh, next game is uh, January the 10th. So we got a four day gap, but we have a lot of rest built in here, a lot of rest and a lot of time for preparation, which as we've talked about on this podcast podcast before is uh, Eric Musselman's forte yep. is uh, preparing for teams and, and whipping them like, like we did right. with Duke. Um, we had sufficient preparation for Oklahoma which I, I was expecting a, a better performance. Um, yep. But I, I do like our chances going forward. And, you know, we just need to take care of business against the small teams we play. And I think it's a very smart idea to rest up Traymond Mark and, and hopefully he can be ready for that January 6th uh, SEC opener at home in Bud Walton against Auburn. Totally agree. You know, it's just, I mean, this, this early in the season, you know, it, it is frustrating as a fan, but we know what Musk does. He gets the guys ready for, for January and February and that push into March, and I think it's going to happen again. It just looks pretty bleak right now when you when you don't when you don't play well on a neutral side against Oklahoma. So I'm just looking forward to Lipscomb, get back in the win column, and, uh, and, and get ready for the, the brutal SEC schedule that we have coming up. Absolutely, and I also have to mention, you know, um, we we've historically, I think, famously now, to at least us fans here in Central Arkansas, we have we have infamously struggled to play at Verizon Arena, and so I I, I smile at the fact that we scheduled uh, Liberty for this game. But I'm, I'm sorry, not Liberty. Not Liberty. I'm getting my getting my sports mixed up. Schedule Lipscomb for this game because it seems like we've basically taken a um, a real uh, we, we've we've taken a real uh, focus on getting an opponent we can beat, or we, we made a real effort to find someone who is who we won't lose to. Because obviously, last time last year we lost to Hofstra. Yeah. And of course, we we bounce back from it, but um, man, we we can't we can't be losing to little teams like that, you know. No, we can't, and you know we've already lost to a smaller team this year in, in UNC Greensboro. 
So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities for Liston to become a Little Rock and beat us. And I think we just need to, we need to, you know, break that curse that Little Rock brings on the basketball court and, and, and win one and get some confidence back because, you know, we're just not going to get any easier going forward. So, and I think there is a reason that you have Liberty on your mind, and that would probably be a perfect segue to, to, to start this illustrious uh, 12 bowls of Christmas for us. I mean, uh, where, where, where would you like to begin? Okay. Uh, oh, absolutely. Well, here's the thing is, uh, obviously, Liberty and Oregon is, uh, you, you're referring to, of course, Jackson, the Fiesta Bowl. Absolutely. And um, that is, that bowl actually did not make our, our, our 12 bowls of Christmas. But it is a bowl definitely worth discussing because I think it's going to be a bellwether for the upcoming 12-team playoff. And next year when, when they're determining what 12 teams, who's going to be the 11th or 12th team, let's say we have similar situation that we have this year in which we have, a, say, a Sun Belt Conference team go undefeated, 13-0, win their championship. Um, they're going to be arguing they should be that 12th team in. And they're going to have a strong argument for that because that's kind of why you expand it to 12 teams is to, it's to bring, a, a for the first time in the history of college football, to bring a Cinderella element to the tournament, I mean, to the playoff. And, um, and that's exactly what that 12th spot, I think, is for. But at the same time, you're going to have teams who are strong. You know, for example, this year you'd have, what, Ole Miss there arguing they could win it. And a lot of people are going to be saying, hey, there's no way, you know, James Madison is going to beat Ole Miss in this situation. You know, we need to put Ole Miss in as the 12th team and have a real playoff. Right. Uh, So how Liberty fares against Oregon, I think, is going to help determine that argument. If they look over, they say, "Look what look what happened with Liberty and Oregon last year." They put them in. That was a uh, basically. If you're the 12 team, I, I, my understanding is you're going to be set up with like the, the number five seed, right? And then you'll have the, you know, the top four get a bye. I, um, I don't want I don't want anybody to be uh, to have a misconception here because I'm if, if that was on our list, I'm not picking Liberty to beat Oregon. I would definitely have Oregon. Uh, to beat Liberty in this in this ball game, but as you know, it's, it's a great argument. Looking forward to next year, and I'm, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. You know, if Liberty was to beat Oregon, that that sets them up perfectly to just run it back next year, and you're in the playoff. You know, I mean, there's there's nobody that can argue against you being in. But if you go yeah. out there and fall flat on your face and get and get smacked like everybody's, you know, probably saying you're going to going against Bo Nix in that offense. You know, your, your argument's not going to stand up very well in the, in the court of the college football playoff, playoff committee. So, with that being said, uh, you want to do the honors? My, my great friend at, at revealing our, our 12th bowl of Christmas. Well, you know, just like you, just a few more words about the, okay, the Fiesta Bowl there. Um, I don't think Liberty has to win that game. They just have to be competitive. Because this, to me, I think Oregon is the number five team in the country. They, of course, got beat twice by Washington. Only only team they lost to this year, and Washington's number two. 
and they've got beat at Washington and then at a neutral site. There's nothing that makes me believe that Oregon's not five or six, you know, based on, uh, I mean, it's either them or Florida State. And, you know, in Florida State's current condition, I'm not sure they would be better than Oregon right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's not forget about Georgia. We got <laughs> we got a lot of teams. Well, Oregon's probably about number seven. So, but it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty good test. There's six or seven. So, and and Liberty in this case would be twelve. And I think it's a pretty good scenario. This is actually the quality of team Liberty would be playing in a playoff. Right. And so, uh, and, but let's not forget, Liberty shouldn't even be in this. And this is what's kind of unfair to these small teams like Tulane, SMU, uh, you know, whatever other small team is, might emerge next year, is they're not getting their best out there. If it was SMU playing against Oregon, I'm telling you, that would be a ball game. And I, I would be – it would definitely be in my 12 bowls of Christmas, and it might be it might be right near the top. It might be in my top three if SMU was playing Oregon. Instead, Liberty play in Oregon. You, you're not even getting the two best teams the, 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 from the small conferences, which to me is Tulane and SMU. Right. Liberty is not would not be either Tulane or SMU if they played them, in my mind, especially not SMU. SMU handled Tulane in New Orleans, and they should be playing in that Fiesta Bowl game. So it's it's kind of disappointing if Liberty gets wiped off the map and SMU steamrolls Boston College, which is kind of what I expect. Um, they're left basically holding the bag for next year, saying, "Well, we saw what happened when Liberty played them. It's almost like a setup, you know, Jackson. It's it's like they want that small team to fail. Yeah, they're the sacrificial lamb, if you will. One hundred percent agree." All, all great points and all, all things to be considered, for sure. Yeah. So if if you as as you can see, this this is one of the bowls that didn't make our top twelve, and you can see how <laughs> how interesting it is. It's interesting from an from a, from a next year standpoint, but the way we ranked our bowls is we want to see the games that get us excited for right now, and I can't. No one. I, if, if you're a true college football fan, I don't see how anyone can get excited for Oregon against Liberty. That's one of those games where if you're season ticket holder for the Ducks, you don't, you probably skip that one. You know, you hold out for Washington and USC and Oregon State, but that's that's one of those first three games of the year when you know they're kind of getting their feet wet and and early September. Oh, we put Liberty on the schedule. Okay, well. There's there's a thirty point uh, spread on that one, and uh, I'll I'll probably uh, I'll probably go out to to an early dinner on that one, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's why I didn't make our list, but the um, the implications of it for next year are going to be huge. All right. With that being said, we move on to our twelve bowls of Christmas. Drum roll, please. Number twelve on our twelve bowls of Christmas is the Citrus Bowl. Iowa against Tennessee. Yes. Jackson, can you lead us in? I, this, this, this bowl actually made the highest on your list when we put these together. Can you explain what, what gets you excited about this, this bowl game? Well, I just think it's, I think it's defense. And, and Iowa's played 
great defense all year. And, and why even intriguing to me is can Tennessee figure out the Iowa defense with the, with the some of the late season and mid season struggles that Tennessee had. That being said, uh, it's hard for me to go against the SEC. So if I'm giving a pick this early, I'm I'm going for Tennessee to beat Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. All right. Well, uh, and yes, we definitely do want your picks on all these Jackson. Yes. You, you've been, frankly, you, you've heated up as the season's gone along. Well, uh, I, you know, as, of course, <laughs> as as our listeners know from last last week, we we played some some beautiful calls you made that I, I frankly thought were crazy with with your Washington call, your Duke call. So uh, yeah, y'all might want to lay a little bit of little bit of dough on, on Tennessee in this one because Jackson's calling it. He, he keeps up with these folks and uh, he's he's been pretty pretty accurate late. Uh, I'm going to go with the opposite though, just I guess throw something else in there because I do think this is going to be a good game. And I, I think Iowa, I think Iowa, it can find a way to pull this out. Yeah, they got squashed. They got completely squashed by, uh, by Michigan in the championship game, 26 to nothing. Um, but, you know, I, I think defense plays, and I, I just don't think you can overestimate the um, possibility that Tennessee chokes. And Tennessee, the whole season, has choked. Okay. They've choked. I, they, they choked against Florida this year. They choked against Alabama. Uh if if you get a if you get a team that's that's of their caliber, and I definitely think Iowa is of Tennessee's caliber. Uh, Tennessee can will find a way, I think, to choke it away. Okay. And so, that, that's kind of my prediction is that Tennessee plays a good game, but I mean the last four last three games Tennessee's played have included a twenty eight point loss to Georgia and a twenty nine point loss to Missouri on the road. They also lost to Alabama on the road. They got beat ugly game by 13 points at Florida. Of course, Arkansas won at Florida, and Florida didn't even make a bowl. So that's an ugly loss. I'm really not seeing I, – I, okay, they, they get, Tennessee has one good road win all season, and it is a good one. It is a good one. They won at Kentucky October 28th. So they're capable of it. They're capable. But Kentucky is definitely not a defensive a team that plays defense, as we saw in the Louisville game. What they gave up to 31 points to Louisville, who just got completely smothered by Florida State, even though they, they had the ball about around midfield all game with the freshman quarterback. Uh, so... Basically, Kentucky struggles against teams that play defense. I'm sorry, not Kentucky, Tennessee. Right. Citrus Bowl, I'm, I'm picking Iowa to keep that a close game, and Tennessee chokes it, chokes it away at the end. Okay. Uh, I, All right. I like it. Move on to number 11. Number 11 on our 12 bowls of Christmas is the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland. Military Bowl. And uh, that one is going to feature the Tulane Green Wave against the Virginia Tech Hokies. Jackson, who do you like in the Military Bowl? Uh, there's no way I go against the Green Wave, uh, especially after the great 
call I made last year, and they'll beat USC. Virginia Tech is gonna they're they're gonna meet they're gonna literally meet a green wave, and they're not gonna be able to to stand up, fly, crawl, and they're not gonna be able to do anything against a green wave. I, I like Tulane, and I like them in, in convincing fashion over the ACC. Uh, used to be juggernaut in the ACC in Virginia Tech, and uh, they're not the Virginia Tech of old. And it will show when they play Tulane this bowl game. Well, I, I agree with you, Jackson. I, li- I like Tulane in this one too. Obviously, being a Tulane fan, um, and I do think I, I, I love the poise and the experience that we have uh, as a team, and that's why I, I honestly, when I look back at that championship game that Tulane lost at home, I really give a lot more credit to SMU than because I watched that whole game, and and I. SMU just took that game from us. SMU is a solid, solid football team that is extremely underrated. And I I still think Tulane is a very strong team. That's why I think they're going to win this game. I will will say uh, Virginia Tech, if they have anything on their side, they basically have more or less home field advantage uh, being so close to to, uh, to Maryland where the game's going to be played. That's probably, you know four or five hour drive um if people want to make it i'm not sure they will in in droves it's it's kind of low on your prestige bowl for sure military bowl absolutely but um but virginia tech i expect it to be a good game and and i expect virginia tech to play hard uh, i'm certainly not counting as a win but i i believe that the green wave will pull it out absolutely uh next up Number 10 on our 12 bowls of Christmas going to be the ReliaQuest Bowl, LSU against Wisconsin. Jackson, you were, you were the highest on this bowl. Uh, tell, me, uh, tell me who you think is going to win this one. When I see this Big Ten SEC, you know, we hear all these arguments and everything. I haven't been impressed with Wisconsin at all this year. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if LSU's quarterback, the, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner, is going to play or not, but I don't think it matters who plays quarterback when this game goes down. I, I, I see LSU uh, uh, handling Wisconsin in the Reliquist Bowl. I do too. And we, we, the news has not been released yet of whether Jaden Daniels, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner this year, is going to play in that game. Um and it just kind of, I mean, as an Arkansas fan, I just have to comment on the on the Heisman Trophy to Jaden Daniels. It kind of rubs salt in the wound because we we could have beat them in Baton Rouge this year, even with the uh, underachieving team that we had. We we had them right there, and to think we were playing the eventual Heisman Trophy winner, who, according to uh, at least one, maybe multiple publications was not supposed to be the best quarterback in the SEC this year. The best quarterback was supposed to be K.J. Jefferson. And and that was a battle between basically who was the best quarterback. But not only do we end up losing that game just barely, but then Jaden Daniels goes on to win the Heisman. And I'm, I'm just – I'm glad we have Bobby Petrino and we're going to have some offense – because that's that that doesn't sit well with me at all. Absolutely, um, I totally agree with you. But yeah, I, I'm I'm totally on board with with LSU winning this game. Um, Wisconsin, to me, 
they they basically become just a name, unfortunately. And if it was contemplated in almost any other conference, they played in the Pac-12, the SEC, or the Big 12, they are not in a bowl this year. This is not a good football team whatsoever. And the only way they make it is they're in a weak Big Big Ten conference, which essentially has four other teams in it that are capable of playing football. That they only had to be better than the bottom six to make it to the number five slot in the Big Ten. And so the Big Ten looked around and they said, well, you know, we're going to take Maryland. Are we going to take Rutgers? Are we going to take Wisconsin? I mean, yeah. the, the ReliQuest Bowl, you know, they, they took Wisconsin because of the name. They know the fans are going to travel yeah. for Wisconsin. But no, this is a team that really shouldn't be even be in this bowl game, and I'm not hounding at all. Right. So, all right, moving on to number nine. On our 12 bowls of Christmas, we have the Alamo Bowl against Arizona and Oklahoma. Jackson, what gets you excited about this game? Well, I. I like offense as well. I mean, I know I'm a defensive guy, but this this game could really be an old-fashioned Alamo shootout, and that's what intrigues me about it. You know, it, it could be one of those where people remember the Alamo, uh, whether it's the Arizona <laughs> or the Oklahoma fans. And, um, you know, I just think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I, I was intrigued when I seen it on the list. and uh, However, I do I, – I think I'm going to have to go with the Sooners as, as – well as Arizona's played this year, I, I just I, I, something tells me that it's going to be Oklahoma's day uh, when they play Arizona, and uh, I think Oklahoma gets it done. Well, for well, me, for me I, I, I really I like teams that are more similarly situated. Uh, you know, basically, kind of like twins. You know but just in different conferences. And I don't feel that way about Arizona and Oklahoma. I feel like Oklahoma is one of the top dogs in the Big 12, and Arizona is kind of really bottom half of the of the Pac-10, or Pac-12, what used to be the Pac-12. I don't know where they're going to be next year, how they're going to rank, but they're not anywhere close in stature to Oklahoma. Um, I do think it's going to be a good game, though. The, the, I don't think this, this game has many implications for either of these programs. Oklahoma beats Arizona. People are going to shrug. If Arizona beats Oklahoma, you know, people are probably going to shrug. It's, it's just, uh, you know, it's not, not going to do a whole lot. You know, I, I think people will be more impressed with Arizona beating Oklahoma. But Arizona's already beat USC. Arizona beat um, Oregon State. Uh, they, they've won a lot of football games against teams they, they shouldn't have really been even competing against, frankly. And um, right. and so I, I think Arizona is going to win this game. I, I you know, I'm just I, – I wouldn't pick against them the way that they've been playing. So right. that, that's going to be my pick. But, um, again, I do think it would be a good game. It's just not the kind of game that really excites me with the, the collision of two similar programs. That these, some of these other games are. I also wanted to mention the dates of these games. The Alamo Bowl is going to be on December 28th, which is going to be 
uh, I believe Thursday, December 28th. The ReliQuest Bowl is a January 1st bowl, Citrus Bowl, January 1st. And the Military Bowl is going to be December 27th. Um, I believe that's a Wednesday, Wednesday after Christmas. Um, number eight on our 12 bowls of Christmas is the Gator Bowl between Kentucky and Clemson. Jackson, who you got in this game? Um, I got to ride the Mark Stoops bus, and I've got to go with Kentucky. All right. Kentucky did look impressive against Louisville. Um, I, I reason I'm, I'm very high on this game is because I think it's two programs that are moving in polar opposite directions. I see Kentucky ascending. I, 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 the news just broke, I think, a couple days ago that Ohio State's quarterback went into the portal, and he is now transferring to the University of Kentucky. I'm sorry, Ohio State's running back, their star running back this year, went to the portal, and uh, he's transferring to Kentucky, of all places. So Kentucky is definitely going to uh, going to improve in, in that regard for sure. But I see Kentucky as, as a program that's on the move. Obviously, Kentucky's uh, coach turned down reportedly turned down an offer to go to Texas A&M. That lets me know that he sees big things happening there. And meanwhile, Clemson used to be synonymous with Georgia, Alabama as a playoff contender. This year, they weren't even top three in the ACC. Uh, lost to NC State, of course, which was very sweet this year, but also lost to Florida State, um, lost to several other teams. So, this is a big game, I think, for both of these programs. Clem, a, a win over Clemson by Kentucky would really solidify them on the college football map as a true player in the, in the field. Meanwhile, I feel like Clemson needs this win. They don't need any more ammunition. They don't need to give the SEC any more ammunition to do what they just did, which is put in a one-loss SEC champion over an undefeated ACC champion who had beaten two SEC teams that season. Right. Any any bowl game against the ACC and the SEC this year is must-watch TV. And because those two conferences are just at, at such odds based on the uh, playoff decision this year that any game between them is going to be fuel for that budding rivalry in the future. Absolutely agree with that. All right, moving on to the Sun Bowl. Number seven, we have we have the Sun Bowl, Jackson. Can you tell us uh, what teams you're playing in this one and who you like? Well, it looks like we're going to have uh, Oregon State playing Notre Dame. It did not even make my list of qualifiers, <laughs> but it somehow made it to number seven. I haven't been impressed with Notre Dame. It is my understanding that their star quarterback is – foregoing the bowl game, getting ready for the NFL. So there's absolutely no way Notre Dame beats Oregon State without their star quarterback. I like Oregon State in this one. Well, you, you say that, uh, but let's not forget. Now, of course, they had they had their quarterback. Um, but, um, but Notre Dame whipped up on USC by four touchdowns. When they, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, yeah I think it's by four, four touchdowns, uh, 48, 48 to 20. Four touchdowns sound like a lot, doesn't it? But just completely yeah. dismantled USC when they played them. So we know that Notre Dame can play against 
Pac-12 football. Of course, they also beat Stanford. Everybody beat Stanford. But um, I, uh, I I think it'll be a pretty good game. Um, I don't know who – No, remember, Notre Dame, they're going to have to find a new quarterback. I, I think – actually, they did find a new quarterback. Duke's quarterback is transferring Notre Dame. And um, I don't – I'd assume he won't be eligible to play in the bowl game this year. But, um, you know, I, I – when you when you beat a team like USC like they did, um, I'm not sure if you can't win without your star quarterback. We've seen, of course, Florida State win games. Haven't actually haven't lost a game since their quarterback went down. I'm not counting Notre Dame out, but uh, I agree with you. I do think the Beavers are very salty after getting embarrassed by the rival Oregon, and they're ready to get back on the field. Uh, of course, this is a West Coast game for them. And uh, I think they will pull it out December 29th, the Sun Bowl. It's another West Coast game. Makes our number six spot, our 12 bowls of Christmas. And that is the Holiday Bowl. Jackson, you want to walk us through the Holiday Bowl? Well, it looks like it's going to put Louisville against USC. And I'm going back to the well probably one too many times. But I'm once again picking against USC in this bowl game, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take Louisville to to beat USC in this bowl game. This time around, I'm 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 probably going to the well too many times against USC, but I like Louisville. You know, I I, I like them too. I like them too. I, I just what I saw from Louisville against Kentucky was a different team than what I saw for them against Florida State. I I still think Louisville has a lot of offensive potential. And I see this game, frankly, being somewhat of a shootout. Um, but USC, they really have not impressed me all year long. Um, they're just constantly finding ways to lose games, even though they do have home field advantage here. Um, man, it's, it's almost a toss-up for me. But, um, you know, when I think about it again, I do think the home field advantage is basically uh, – I, I would lean towards USC, I, you know, if, if – but but I, I like your Louisville call, Jackson. I certainly wouldn't. With the way you've been rolling lately, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't go against you. But uh, I would be surprised if Louisville won that game to me. Uh, even though I think they're the better team, just playing at home like that, USC should not lose that game. They really shouldn't. No. Number five on the list is the Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl. Jackson, that's going to be on December 29th. And... Uh, and the Cotton Bowl here used to be a January 1st game. We got Missouri against Ohio State. What gets you excited about this one? No, I, I, we didn't have a great team at Arkansas this year, obviously. But when I've seen the physicality that Missouri put on that field and that running game, I, I, I just, I've got to ride with the Tigers against the Buckeyes. Uh, in, in the Cotton Bowl Classic, uh, and I'm, I'm going to take Missouri. Uh, I think they're going to get the running game going, and I just think it's going to be a physical, physicality football game at its finest. But I, I like Missouri to beat Ohio State. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. You know, obviously I like the SEC, but you know Missouri in my mind is, doesn't qualify the SEC. Unfortunately, they're a big Big Twelve team that's included in our conference and regularly whips up on our. Arkansas Razorbacks, which bothers me to no end, as it, as it should all Razorback fans. 
But Ohio State just completely outclasses the Missouri Tigers in this game, completely outclasses them. And to me, adds more fuel to the debate over who should have been in the playoff. And, you know, you know I love controversy, but I really think Ohio State, they could be the number four, three or four team in the country by talent. And I've talked about on this podcast several times that them not getting into the playoff because of that one loss at Michigan was a gift to all the other playoff teams because Ohio State has tremendous talent. Obviously, um, their wide receiver was, was one of the Heisman finalists. Tremendous talent. I think they completely outclassed Missouri, and, uh, and it's not even a contest. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. We might have to replay this clip in a future podcast. Uh, number four is the Texas Bowl. going to be on December 27th. Texas Bowl, Texas A&M against Oklahoma State. What do you like about this one, Jackson? Uh, I, this is one time I'm going against the SEC. Uh, A&M is, uh, you know, obviously implementing a new coach, and uh, I just, I just think that uh, the Oklahoma State's just going to outplay them, and they're going to outcoach them, and they're they're going to win the Texas Bowl, Oklahoma State Cowboys. All right. Well. This one here is interesting because, again, these are two teams that should be in the same conference. And to me, these are two programs that are almost exactly on the same level. I think Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, it's hard to say which program is better on a year-to-year basis. But I did not like what I saw from the Cowboys in the championship game against Texas. And they call it the Texas Bowl for a reason. I think Texas A&M is going to be playing with a lot of pride. And uh, I think they're going to represent the SEC well. You know, I can't disagree with that. You know, they, they, might, be, they might be the team to, uh, to offset, you know, me picking against the conference as I, as I have on this list, you know, or picking with the conference. But I'm, uh, I'm going against the conference in this game. And, uh, but, you know, you once again make great arguments, which is why we do this. Well, I mean, same to you, and and I I can definitely see with all the coaching upheaval how Texas A&M has every reason to lose this bowl, but, uh, you know, and Oklahoma State did have a very impressive win against um, against, uh, Oklahoma this year, so they're definitely not a team to look past. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, You know, I I just, uh, you know, I – I frankly wouldn't. I, I, I feel like Texas A&M is going to win, but I, I wouldn't go against Action Jackson with the way he's been rolling. <laughs> well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, moving on now to number three of our 12 Bowls of Christmas. Number three is the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando, Florida. And that one is... Uh, Features the, my NC State Wolfpack, who will be playing the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, NC State being nine and three, and Kansas State, I believe, is also nine and three. Am I am I right, Jackson? Uh, I, think that, I think that I think that's correct. Uh, I don't have the records in front of me, but I, I do believe that is uh, that's accurate. I'm sorry, they're eight and four. Kansas State's eight and four. Yeah. Uh, they no, lost their yeah. They lost their last game. Their final game was a home game against Iowa State. 
And if they could have beaten Iowa State, they would have been 9-3. and three. But uh, as often happens to teams who face the Cyclones, they, uh, they got a, a rude, rude awakening. They're still number 25 in the country, though. But, uh, Jackson, um, I, let me just start with I'm excited about this game because, number one, I'm uh, scheduled to go to it. I'm scheduled to attend it. I'm, uh, first time ever in my life I'll be attending a Florida Bowl, which has always been a dream of, of mine as a, as a college football fan. Um, yes. I, I really haven't had the opportunity uh, in, in a while. I've always wanted to go to the Orange Bowl, but I guess that will be a, a higher dream to be fulfilled someday in the future. Uh, but we'll start with the with the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And uh, I'm excited because, I mean, NC State, these are two teams, I think both of them, that really nobody wants to play because they punch above their weight class. And um, yeah. NC State, love how we finished the season, finished it so strong against North Carolina, uh, got everybody's blood pumping. Um Finished. I uh, had had a bunch of good wins behind that against Virginia Tech. Good win against Miami. Seems like our trajectory is up, but at the same time, I'm telling you, Kansas State is going to give us all that we want, and we got to be ready absolutely. for them. Um, because you know, and, and I, I think I think you're absolutely correct because I I, I think back at, at when uh, when Arkansas has met them in bowl games and. They're always competitive, and Kansas State's just one of those teams that I might not be a fan of, but I just have a, a, a football respect for because they just always seem to be in the bowl picture when it comes to bowl season, and they always seem to, to either win their bowl game or, or put up a good fight, and, and this is really going to be a good one. That's why it's so high on the list, but, but I do have to say, you know, I, I think we're probably on the same page here, but I, I've, I've got to go with the Wolfpack. To, to win the Pop Tarts Bowl and, and throw Pop Tarts at, at each other or whatever they're going to do when it's over. You know, it's probably going to be raining Pop Tarts on the field, I figure. So uh, <laughs> just make sure you grab a few that you might not normally get in the store and uh, and, and chomp on down when the, when NC State uh, gets that win. Absolutely. And, and I just want to point out, Kansas State, they could easily be 10-2 and and maybe the Big 12 champions, but they had some some cl- two real good quality losses. I mean, as much of moral victories as you can get. And, and one of those was that overtime loss to Texas in Austin that nearly completely removed the chaos that we saw unfold uh, uh, last week on, on Selection Sunday. Uh, lost to the Longhorns 33-30. to And then... They also went into Missouri, who's playing in the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl we just mentioned, um, and they only lost by three points to Missouri, 30-27. to 27. So this is a very, very strong uh, uh, Kansas State team. Uh, could not really be, uh, but all, at the same time, I think there's somebody NC State can handle. It's just the perfect type of matchup against two teams that are evenly matched who would never see each other otherwise, and that's what bowl season's all about. Absolutely, and it's going it's to be a good one. It, it might be it might be the bowl of the year when we look back at these games and and, and discuss them or, or you know run, run back through them in our minds. This, this could be one that sticks out for sure. I hope so, for sure. Okay, uh, Jackson, take us to our number two bowl on, on our uh, 12 so bowls number, of Christmas. 
So number two that comes in on the list is uh, Saturday, December 30th. We have the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which once again pits the mighty SEC against the mighty Big Ten. We have the Ole Miss Rebels against the Penn State Nittany Lions. And uh, go ahead ahead with your points because I know you have some good ones with this matchup. Well, the first point that I, I see here is it's a battle of completely opposing football philosophies. And that's what intrigues me so much about this game. Is on one hand you have Lane Kiffin who wants to just go all out on offense, putting the ball in the air, taking risks, um, trying to put points on the board. And then with Penn State you have the absolute opposite, opposite philosophy. Um, in yeah. which the the coach just simply, uh, you know, they actually have a have an interview um, with they where they interview Penn State's coach and they ask him why don't you have you ever thought about just like throwing the ball downfield and and like see if the receiver catches it and he responded he said what are you speaking some different language to me like is is this is this are we even talking about football here and he actually asked them to delete the entire question from the videotaped interview so it doesn't get out into the universe he was so offended by the idea that you might just throw a pass up and hope the receiver catches it he said that's just against everything that we we believe in you know it makes my skin crawl yep and you know and you make a good point you know it's it's definitely two opposing styles you know penn state's going to try to you know, the smash mouth, you know, grind it out type of game. And, and Ole Miss is going to be flashy. They're going to take risks, like you said. And they're just going to try to put as many points on the board as fast as they can. And and for, for that reason, I, I've, I've been high on Penn State all year. I, I, I had them to win the Big Ten, represent the Big Ten in the, in the playoffs, which they feel short of. And, and now they, they get the consolation prize in my, in my eyes of, I think getting whipped by an SEC team on a neutral field. I, I think this could be uh, one of those Lane Kiffin type whippings that they hand out to Penn State. Uh, probably similar to what Arkansas did to them a couple of years ago on the Outback Bowl. And uh, I, I do like Ole Miss to win this game. All right. Well, that brings us now to our number one bowl of our 12 bowls of Christmas. And I actually have to say, Jackson, that. This might be the number one most anticipated non-playoff bowl since they started the playoff system, um, since they went to a four-team playoff system. There's Obviously, I think there's been similar games to this when we had the two-team system. But since they went to four, this is, this is to me, this is the number one most anticipated game bowl game that that's not part of the playoff that we've ever seen and that is the orange bowl between the florida state seminoles and the georgia bulldogs and jackson can you tell us why this is going to be such a huge hugely anticipated game well you know we can thank the college football playoff committee for making this the most anticipated game outside of the playoff because for the first time in the history of the playoff, you have an undefeated Power 5 champion that's not in the playoff. And you have uh, in Florida State. And then on the other side, you have a team that had won 29 straight football games, 
lose by three in their conference championship game, also left out of the playoff and in the Georgia Bulldogs. And I, the playoff committee gave us this most, I mean, this is the most intriguing matchup of the bowl season, probably including the playoff, in my opinion, because this this one could have more views than, than either one or but maybe both of these playoff games. Uh, that's how big this, this anticipated matchup is, in my opinion. Yes, and in my mind, I feel like this game has the potential to to wreck the entire season. It has the potential to completely to 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 the the whole idea of the playoff is to have the best four teams playoff, and you have a champion who's undisputed. Now, you and me are old enough. We remember the old days before the, even the BCS. For even the BCS, which I think started in maybe 1998, 1999, uh, we remember the old days where there was no number one and number two even going up against each other. There were just bowls. And the voters were the ones who decided which team is the best team in, co- in college football. And the, the number one team and the number two team often never played each other. In fact, usually never played each other in the season right and and we the the whole idea of 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 the the shift in college football since the late 90s has been to say let's have these teams actually play in the bowl season and in in my to determine the winner well we have a situation here if florida state beats georgia and especially god forbid if they beat them badly now, again, I don't think that's going to happen, but, but I'm just telling you, if Florida State was to go out and just hammer Georgia or even beat them by a last-second field goal, however they beat them, um, they're going to have an argument that they are the national champion. They're going to have an argument in that. Right. Um, because yeah. there's nothing that anyone can say that, that they wouldn't have beaten the other four teams too. Especially, especially if Alabama goes ahead and wins the playoff. If Alabama wins the playoff and Florida State beats Georgia, you have a situation where the only thing that distinguishes those two teams is Alabama beat Georgia that year, and but so did Florida State. Yeah. And so the, 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 the committee, I, I praised what the committee did. And I still think what they did was brilliant because in my mind, there's very little doubt that Georgia is going to send a message to everyone against Florida State yes, and, and, and show them what football in the SEC is really like to teams that play outside the SEC. So I, I don't have, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that there's, a, there's risk. If, yeah. if Georgia falls on its right. face somehow and loses that game, we may not have yes. an undisputed national champion for the first time in in twenty years. I, I totally agree, and and you are you're an advocate for this December madness that you've been pushing, and this is definitely what it brings about. It brings about you know December madness all the way into next football season if Florida State were to beat Georgia, which obviously I I don't think is going to happen. I, I like Georgia to win this game and probably win it convincingly based on the defense, but as the playoff committee chairman said, Florida State's not the same team without Jordan Travis, and 
I think that's the main reason that they're not in the playoffs because they don't have their stud All-American starting quarterback. Uh-huh. And, and and I think that's uh, and I think that's the reason why you know the game's probably going to get out of hand, much like Georgia and TCU did last year in the title game, which I don't think it's going to be. 66 to 7. I don't think it's going to be that bad, but it, it could get very ugly for Florida State and their fans in this game. And but you're absolutely correct. The, the the committee made a brilliant move. And if it plays out and if it goes chalk like they're thinking, Georgia beats Florida State, then there's no argument. They won't be able to argue that they should have been in the playoff. But if the madness happens that, that you tend to like so much, then there will be that argument that they would be. Uh, the national champions that, yeah. that didn't play for the title. Yeah, the Florida State can sure. win the national. You know, all the teams in the playoffs have to win two games. They got to win two games to win the national championship. Yeah. I think what the committee has done is they've set up a situation where Florida State can win the national championship by only winning one game. Yeah. The 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 team that yeah. wins the playoff. I, I, I totally. Is either going to end up well? I mean, and just think about it. Let's say Alabama or Texas win the playoff. You've got what a fourteen and one playoff team, and then over here on this side, you have a fourteen and zero Florida State, who has beaten two SEC teams. I'm sorry, three SEC teams. Three SEC teams undefeated against the SEC. To and all of none of them, none of them at home. Two of them at a neutral site, LSU and Georgia, and one of them on the road against Florida. And so it, and, and Texas, again, Texas's only, you know, claim to fame is they beat Alabama. That's the only thing that got them into the playoff after losing to Oklahoma. Right. So now. Which, which they may have a, which they may have a chance to, to do again. They, yeah. might, they might have a chance to play them again. And, and you know, I, I mean, I, I know we'll we'll get further into our uh, uh, playoff playoff uh, solid of uh, you know our, our final picks for the playoff uh, you know in you know in the future. But uh, I, I just don't I don't see them I don't see them beating Saban twice. Uh, you know, very few teams have been able to say that they've done that. And so it's just I mean it's just going to be very interesting. And and that's why this this game is number one on our twelve bowls of Christmas yeah. because it, it it's for the fans. And and this game right here, if you're a college football fan and you're not tuned in, you know, you're you're probably I mean, you, you might be attending a funeral. I think that would probably be the only thing that I would probably give you an excuse on. You you, you had a family member that's passed away is why you didn't see this game. And other than that there's really no excuse for the college football fan to miss Georgia and Florida State because and the playoff committee gifted that to us. That, yes. that was them. That that was their Christmas present to college football fans was they did. Georgia against Florida State. And now now if if you have a team like Michigan or Washington that wins the playoff, I think in that case you've got more but in that case it's 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 still not certain. You still have a fourteen and O uh, Florida State, and then you would have a fifteen and O Washington or 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 Michigan, you know. And you compare those two and say, you know, who's better? Um, you know, you might give it to Michigan, but then again, Florida State. I mean, it's it's a strong resume. Went into Clemson this year. Yep. Uh, you know, they Absolutely. they beat Miami. They they've got um, 
Now, of course, they didn't they didn't play NC State. We we have to remember that, and that's a team that I think a lot of people don't want to play. They they got lucky not having to play NC State, and I think um, I think uh, uh, Texas also got lucky. Uh, I'm trying to think of there's a team that that they didn't play. Did, did Texas? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Alabama I got lucky, kind of having to only play Georgia once. So I guess that's a little bit of luck. Um, yeah, a little bit of luck on their way. Yeah. Yep. But no, it's it's going to be a good game. But I fully expect Georgia to flex its muscles and show how basically yes. right the committee was, and and that's the way it was designed Absolutely. to do. So that that would be, um, you know, I hate to root for that to happen, I, but I think I do because it just makes it's going to make the playoff that much better. Knowing that everybody's playing right. for the undisputed, um, so yeah, I got I got to root for Georgia in that game. But man, it's going to be a good Absolutely. one. I, and I, and I, I just think you know I think Kirby I think Kirby Smart is on that level of, of Nick Saban. Now you give him this much time to prepare to win one football game, he's going to go out and show why why he's one of the better minds in college football today. And and uh, and, and I think they. Uh, you're 100% correct. They they scratch out that that Florida State being the best team, and then you you would have an undisputed champion whoever wins that playoff. Uh, yep. Is not only the champion, but there there's no disputing it as well. Yep. So man, uh, I mean, I, I think you know I don't think there's a better list of the 12 bowls of Christmas. I think we're one of a kind in that. I don't think anybody else out there is is putting together that kind of content of the 12 bowls of Christmas and. Uh, I mean, if, if nobody, if, if you want to hear that kind of content, Big Mo, tell them where to find it. Uh, you can find it right here at the Home Field Advantage podcast. Also on our Twitter, I'm sorry, our X. We're on X, I call it now. Uh, that's homefield yeah. underscore ADV. That's our, our Twitter handle. And that's where you can to find our, right. our and, tweets. And, and, you know, if, and links to and our from, podcast. From, from action, if you're if you're not listening, I only have one question for you. Why? That's I mean, you just have to ask yourself well, why am I not listening? I, I can promise you, Jackson. Everyone who's hearing this is listening. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for sure. If if your friends aren't listening, you need to ask them why. Yeah, ask your friends. There you go. Ask pleasure. your friends why. That's right. And, uh, thanks for correcting me on that, and uh, as always, it's always a pleasure uh, to put together this great content, and we look forward to a great basketball season, and, you know, hopefully the Hogs get back on track, and uh, we just look forward to bringing you that content every week, and Big Mo, it's always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. That is amen. Amen.